Good evening and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. It feels quite a long time ago that I've done one of these, but I only did one last week, so I don't know what that's all about. Right, so happy Easter to everyone. Hope you're all fat and you've had loads of chocolate eggs, but enough small talk. I've got Tom Harris with me from Kinesis slash Kinesis. Delete <laughs> as appropriate. Um, so hello, Tom, you all right? Hello. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. Getting a bit sick of this uh, COVID stuff, but I think we're nearly there now. Yeah, so aren't that, we all, mate? Made so most of it. Six or seven episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit fed up. <laughs> I'm trying to manifest it into existence. Yeah. It'll so, happen, uh, mate. We'll get there. Just, just on that, how has it affected your life? How has it altered your uh, daily routine? I mean, daily routine, not horrendously much because um, I sort of stopped working a couple of months before COVID uh, due to me having arthritis and stuff. Um, but as far as like just the social side of things is getting to me a bit, like I've got a close knit group of mates, not being able to see them. And not yeah. being able to go to the studio to see the guys and Kinesis or just, yeah, jamming my mates around devices as well, which is where I live. Um, that's, that's been a bit of a, a bummer, really. Yeah. Um, but been making the most of it. Um, uh, also, a month or so before COVID locked us all down, I managed to get myself sort of a recording computer and some mics and all the jazz. All right. So I've been just trying when when I'm filling up to it to to sort of do as much music as possible in all sorts of directions. So Oh okay, that's cool. Nice distraction. Yeah, it's been keeping me productive, which makes me feel a bit happier. Like yeah. yeah when you just get stuck in, in your ways, yeah. I, I feel that like that's when it starts to drag and starts to get to you the most. Yeah, that's when time becomes weird and it doesn't actually feel like the clock's moving at all. It does feel like that a little bit, let's be fair. COVID does feel like one big groundhog day. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, we keep on slogging away doing stuff. So as long as you're doing yeah. that, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've had quite a few funny conversations lately with people that have been, like, vaccinated and stuff. And it's funny how, like, when you go for a walk outside, obviously, which you're allowed to do... Um, you know, we're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to sort of meet up in people's houses, but we're allowed to go to a fucking, basically a rave at this point, which is known as Asda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, some of the parks looking at the pictures also look a bit like raves, let's be fair. Asda, there's like hundreds of people all aimlessly wandering around, walking into each other. <laughs> and no one seems to care about that, but you can't actually meet up outside of that building it's, it's just very strange no it does seem quite ridiculous it is a bit like when when going shopping it feels a bit like night of the living dead or something i, yeah. I just avoid the aisles when there's too many people honestly yeah <laughs> i'm very very tactical with my shopping now yeah. <laughs> just skip an aisle yeah. go back to that later yeah that's it yeah <laughs> when the first lockdown happened in weymouth we actually got arrows on the floor in asda <laughs> i loved that because it meant that you didn't get people sort of bumping into you and it was all a bit more planned because you could go up one aisle and down the other aisle and then up the, you know, so on and so forth. It was a bit like snakes and ladders, but the human edition. Yeah, sure. But it worked. 
Whereas now they've taken the arrows off, they've told everyone to wear face masks, and they've basically just said, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and there's it's still like, people chatting in every aisle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our supermarket didn't do quite as well. The Morrisons near, near us did weird things, like they blocked off some of the aisles, and there were yeah. only certain ones that you could queue up, and it just meant there were people in some of the aisles, so you couldn't get to stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, that's it. But, hey, it is what yeah. it is. Here, Greg, pass me the, the McVitties, mate. Yeah, but but you don't touch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use the force, Luke. Yeah. Use the force. Yeah. <laughs> the digestive. So, um, I'm assuming that's obviously affected your music as well, COVID, as it has affected literally everything in the world at the moment. Yeah, well, we were um, we were planning on doing a bunch of music videos. Um, the Kinesis guys and I, um, well, I'm part of that, obviously. But we, were, we recorded with Justin. Yeah just 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 prior to to lockdown yeah and it was, it was a bit weird really because it was getting more and more sketchy day by day yeah because we, we were in oxford and like we started out and it was like business as normal and then by the end of the week or two we were sort of standing away from each other and we were like at the end we'd normally <laughs> give each other hugs and stuff and it was just like oh no we can't hug justin at the end it's like let's get yeah. some weird pictures where we're standing sort yeah. of near each other but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's affected it. But to be honest, I've been trying to throw myself into it more personally. Yeah. But it has made made sort of band collaboration a little bit harder and, and changed the way we work and everything. So you're trying to record some stuff at the moment, or is that not? So, so we've recorded. Um, we've got six tracks, mini album type thing, ready to sort of release. We got the mixes yeah. back. But obviously, we've not been able to meet up to actually do the music video recordings. Um, so we've been doing some of the planning and stuff behind it. We've had quite a few meetings recently, and we've been trying to get stuff going as much as we can. Yeah. But obviously, it's still slowed the process down and meant that we do work better face-to-face. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people do, especially collaboratively. I think doing it over Skype and Zoom and stuff is a means to an end really isn't it it's not necessarily the future it's just an alternative to what we're currently used to yeah it's weird because I've, I've found with a couple of other little projects i've been doing um i started off like an online project called funkin hell where um, <laughs> we've, we've we've been doing purely online sort of sending stuff back and forth and um yeah. because that's how we've always worked in that sort of bell curve, yeah. it seems all right um and also because i'm getting to grips with with doing the editing stuff myself because it's only been you know a year and a half or less than probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So 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 yeah. The, the, from that side of things, it's a bit different. But but when you started out, sort of yeah. jamming together in a room, it does it does put a spanner in the works a bit. Sort of. Yeah, that's quite interesting. That if it's kind of incepted in that manner, then it's easier to sort of roll with it. Whereas yeah, it's like, it, that's the norm. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Hmm. But, um, so, was, we still had a couple of Kinesis tracks in the lineup as well, back and forth. But it hasn't it, it's, it's kind of harder to do from from that standpoint. Yeah. So just on um, Kinesis, I um I meant to ask Marcus this, but I completely forgot because I think we were talking about Doom. Um, <laughs> you know, these things happen on the podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> we get sidelined. Um, how did Kinesis actually come about? Um, how did you all sort of meet up? How did you uh, decide that you wanted to create the heaviness that you create sort of thing? 
So really, many years ago, I joined um, Downfall as we were many, many years ago, which um, Marcus and Tristan have been a part of, um, but we had other other bandmates in, in the band. And yeah. after a few years together, we realised that there were probably about 20 bands called Downfall. And it got to a point where someone thought we'd split up because another band split up and cancelled a gig. And we were like, that's it. We need to change our name. Yeah. So um, we spent about six months sort of going back and forth with different stupid names for the most part and eventually came up with one that we liked, which is um, obviously Kinesis, which is um, the the process that an enzyme goes through to send signals around your body to make it to do stuff like like to blink your eyes or to, you know, regulate your blood pressure anything really um but we just mostly for the we mostly just like the like the look and the sound of the word really um so we we sort of got that together um but it also it sort of slightly changed the way we sort of slightly changed our style musically when the name change happened as well we we sort of made it our own a little bit more and it's happened again to a certain extent now we've got um elliot and noah in We've got two new sort of bandmates for the upcoming album, and they're both yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of changed to what we do again. It's really nice having Elliot to do harmonies with and stuff because he was um, part of Cambion, who did yeah. lots of good things. They, they you know, they played Bloodstock yeah. and Download. They've done like lots of stuff, and now. He was the front man, and now he's just doing backing vocals, which is fantastic, having someone of that colour yeah. singing along. And Marcus is doing some backing vocals as well, so we occasionally get three-part harmonies on the go and all sorts of stuff. That's cool. Um, mm. But, yeah, um, that, that's pretty much the start of... I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but that was pretty much yeah, how, cool. how the yeah. thing started. Yeah, no, it's nice um, when you have someone that can actually do the job of the previous person and then some. Because I've I've really struggled in the past with replacing guitarists and trying to get a singer that the music sort of suits, and yeah, sometimes sure. kind of have to compromise, and sometimes it actually elevates everything because you've found the right person. But it takes a lot of time, obviously, to find that person. And it, it does take some adjustment for sure. But I think it was helpful that um, we had Noah as our session drummer, while yeah. Jason was was um, sort of ill and could, couldn't really carry on doing it at the time um yeah. so he he already knew the stuff so he sort of fitted immediately into it when when um we eventually <laughs> convinced him to join and elliot had um gigged with us a few times and he was yeah. actually chatting to us a lot at bloodstock when we when we played bloodstock that year and um yeah he he he'd always kind of wanted to join us to be honest so it was kind of yeah <laughs> pretty amazing he knew what we were like and we sort of gelled really well anyway both musically yeah. and socially so it just it, it kind of slotted together really easily which i know yeah, sometimes the... doesn't happen but um, no, the planets are aligned yeah that's cool yeah, um just just for the viewers uh the listeners um what kind of music is kinesis uh-oh see i always hate the question of genres and stuff yeah what i end up saying is we're sort of groovy technical metal with some odd time bits with some harmonies with some ridiculously heavy bits with we've got a bit of everything going on but we tend to honestly just write metal i quite like getting the word groove in there because i'm all about the grooves yeah i I Um, can feel that yeah i I know exactly what you mean 
but I, I don't actually know what groove metal is. It's probably got its own genre that we're not necessarily associated with, but yeah. I, I can't keep up with subgenres, honestly, mate. Yeah, um, I feel that they're on a bit of a downward curve at the moment because it started getting a bit silly with like gent and post metal and yeah. slam core and grind black doom metal. <laughs> black and doomy tech. It's just like, it's just like yeah. shoving prefixes in front of stuff and expecting yeah, hoping yeah. for the best. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've never been able to keep up with it. I um I had a login for ultimateguitar.com a couple of years ago because um I didn't really have a lot else going on when I was at work because I didn't really do a lot oh, nice. between you and me so I'm not really there anymore. <laughs> no fair but, um, I got bored so I signed up to this website and I uh, I made a joke once and what you could do um is you could like quote something in your sort of column underneath your username when you like replied it was kind of like reddit basically yeah and i said something like light metal everything black metal isn't or something like that <laughs> or it might have been life metal everything death metal isn't i think we got was, called life metal once yeah <laughs> there was quite a lot of people uh quoting it and saying that it was like a really funny thing to say but i was just like yeah i'm, I'm not really like trying at this point but yeah it was just um yeah you can put any word in front of the word metal and you yeah. sound legit it's really strange but i don't it works think that's with really other genres cool. like you could do the same with rock you get all the exactly the same just random prefixes and then rock afterwards yeah. you're like slap rock yeah yeah i believe that was a genre <laughs> <laughs> i know slap basses but yeah oh, i love a bit of slap bass hoovercore yeah why not why not uh, love it so um I was going to ask this after the ad read but we've got 11 minutes left at the moment so we'll go with it okay so I wanted to quickly talk to you about your solo music and your solo ventures yeah sure so, a how many do you have and b what sort of uh inspires you to do other music other than groove metal i mean so when you say how many do you have, do you mean like other projects and things? Yeah, or? side projects. Yeah. yeah. Well, I quite often do. Um, I've, I've always done bits of acoustic music on my own, mainly acoustic. Um, I'm semi-expanding that a little bit recently into sort of putting some distortion and actually picking up an electric guitar from time to time. Oh, cool. But, okay. Um, I was I was in a little group that like a face not Facebook flipping a WhatsApp group where we were giving each other prompts. And then, yeah. sort of, because I've got a group of mates who all play acoustic guitar and sing and do stuff like that, there's a little songwriters group, and we were giving each other prompts. And off the back of that, I reckon we've written six to eight songs each in the last few months, three, four okay. months, yeah. just through just just prompts like space or like nature or like just just one word prompts that then gives you something to write about. Yeah, because um, I find that helps. So I haven't actually released much stuff solo myself, um, but I'm kind of sitting on it, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I'm new to the recording things. So I'm, I'm always tweaking stuff and going back and having a look. I will yes. eventually release stuff, but I also feel like they probably need videos because uh, everyone okay. seems to in, you know digest videos a lot better. That It goes down better online and things like that. Yeah, so, so I see your point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sitting on at least six tracks, maybe more. Um, 
and I've never recorded any of my old songs either. So I've probably yeah. got maybe 16, 20 tracks that I've not really done too much with, apart from playing the local area. Um, other than that, I mentioned earlier Funk in Hell. We yeah. do like uh, like funk, rock, metal, blues, with a bit of hip hop as well. Like kind of yes. somewhere in between all that. Yeah. Um, so nice. that, that's, been, that's been really fun. You mentioned slap bass earlier. That was what sort yeah. of drew me into it. And yeah. that just, it, it kind of happened by accident. A mate, Dan Allen, um, just started sending me some tracks of his that he'd been writing and asked me what I thought about it. And I ended up putting some vocals down on one and then another, and it just ended up being a thing. Yeah. Um, mm. We might start doing occasional gigs, although obviously it'll be like Kinesis comes first kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, we might we might try and do some later in the year, possibly. Um, yeah. Still trying to get together a lineup for actual live as well, but it's, it's sort of slowly coming together. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I did. There's a chap called Chris Normansell who's been involved in various bands. I think I met him somewhere on the metal scene. I don't even know what band he was in at the time because he's been in loads of different ones. Yeah. Um, and I did a track for him in his little project called The Lockdown Lizards. So um, <laughs> that's, that's ready for release at some point when he gets around to it. He's sort of, he's done, I think, maybe eight tracks. I'm, I don't quite be on that. But he's getting all different vocalists in to do all the different songs. Sort okay, of. yeah. So, hmm. yeah, I think I'm track seven, so we'll be waiting a little while. I think there's only one or two out at the moment. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that because that's... He said, oh, do you want to put down some vocals on an acoustic track? And I thought, that'll take me no time. And then when it came back, it was almost... It was closer to writing for Kinesis than it was an acoustic yeah. track because it was quite intricate and all lots of different bits. Obviously, but, having a different singer for every track is going to fluctuate the genre, isn't it? Yeah, I think it will a bit. I mean, I think he's, you know, he, he's a metal guitarist and he's playing it on acoustic, but you can get the metal vibes, like, even though he's playing mostly acoustically, it's still got that kind of dark vibe going on. Yeah. No, um, so, yeah, waiting for that to come out. Really, I, I just I just love all sorts of different musics, honestly. Yeah. Um, I grew up, um, I was mainly influenced by blues, but I also yes. love bits of rock and metal and like I love the chilies, I loved all sorts of stuff. Um my stepdad yeah. runs a blues club and yes. I got involved playing music there. And there's a local beer festival in Devizes where I Oh, that's the other thing I do. I forgot about that. I do um <laughs> like so, there's two of us, me and Claire, we used to work in the pub together and we do sort of um folky folky covers with harmonies of of songs. Um we've been doing that for years mainly yeah. at the beer festival and around devices. Mm. But I just love love doing music in different yeah. in different ways. Love doing like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like yeah. the most recent song I've been working on is is the most hip hop song I've ever done and I'm actually rapping on it. And it's just it's weird, but it's fun. Like I just love exploring. Yeah. Music's music to me. I don't I am not one of these that, you know, yeah. I only like this or I only like that. If I like it, I like it. No, I'm um, with you on that. I, I think variety is the spice of life. And I yeah. think it's what keeps people engaged because there is only so many times you can write a song about, you know, like you said earlier, like space and nature. Obviously, you can find inspiration and then you can suddenly write a ton more songs about it. But, yeah. Um, it, like you said earlier as well, it, it is a bit Groundhog Day. Like if you're writing an album, it needs a theme, doesn't it? And it needs a sort of message behind it. And it needs like a sort of mission statement, I suppose. 
It's funny you say that. That's what we've been working on for the uh, yeah. Genesis stuff recently, actually. Yeah. We put quite a lot of time into trying to get the right message and things like that, but we're getting there. I think a lot of bands release albums as 10 songs that are done when really yeah. they should kind of follow a sort of narrative and they should really be thought about how they want to sort of link together. Yeah, and if sure. Like an interlude in it, it needs to flow because... I um I checked out a band a couple of years ago called Russian Circles and I haven't stopped listening to them since and all of their albums are like really intricately like planned and it's instrumental so it really has to flow. Yeah, I, I do love it when albums yeah. throw, uh, flow. It's it's something that we're actually missing these days with people yeah. downloading individual songs yeah, or listening to a around. couple of tracks. Absolutely. So I, like things like Floyd back in the day, their albums are just like they're obviously yeah. meant to be listened to as an album. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, there are some like recent bands like Devon Townsend and The Con- Contortionist yeah. and things like that. And they've obviously written it to be as an album. But yeah, totally. I, I, yeah, I do love that. I, I love the art of the album, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a whole effort, isn't it? It takes a village to write an album. It's not as simple as. I've smashed a few songs out on Garage Band, and I hope you all like it. It needs to be like a proper. Yeah, they've effort. at least got to, got to have sort of thematics similarities. You know, they they don't have to be. I don't know, like as as well put together as Pink Floyd, where they come back to like the same riff yeah. later in the album and things like that. But yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's about the feel and the tone of it as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I think we're in agreement there. So I'm just going to quickly go to an ad break yeah, and then sure. we're going to come back and I'm going to ask you what your childhood video game is <laughs> and what your favourite video game of all time is. Yes, indeed. So we'll be right back, guys. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. So Grind have a sale on for March in light of Mother's Day, which is a 15% off Mother's shorts, women's shorts. I suppose mothers are women, aren't they, Ben? Anyway, um, women's shorts, 15% off, and that's at the Grind website, which is in the description of this episode. Check them out. They've uh, got a lot of really big things coming up. There's lots of cool designs coming up for summer. And uh, yeah, shout out to Clayton at Grind for the best sportswear equipment you can get in Weymouth. Back to the episode. Hello. Hello. How's it going? All good? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Happy days. Very good. I've been talking 10 to the dozen because I've had a bit too much coffee, so I do (laughs) apologise. Not at all. I've probably done two two parts of talking already <laughs> we love a bit of caffeine here at absolute bedlam don't worry about it it's got to be done so i want to know what your first ever video game sort of experience and exposure was i mean so my cousin and her then partner gave me a mega drive when i was very young oh, okay um and i remember my parents went away and i had a babysitter and between us we completed sonic 3 and got super sonic and it's, it's <laughs> It's one of them resounding memories that stayed with me. It was that and the SNES with Mario. My stepsisters, or my now stepsisters, who were just friends at the time, um, used to have a Nintendo, a SNES, and I used to play a bunch of games on that. So 
Nice. Yeah, I mean, I guess Sonic would be the first one, but there were loads of games back in the day that I loved on, on those old school consoles. The yeah. Silly things like the Power Rangers game and Golden Axe, yeah. Streets of Rage, like loads of loads of yeah, Streets of Rage is my first memory of games, really. I played Sonic 2 to death, to the point where I actually asked my mum if I could change my middle name from Ian to Sonic. <laughs> uh, she said no, and I, I still remind her of that and let her know that, you know, it could have been. I mean, it's still can if you really, if you want it hard enough, mum, you can do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, did, you, um, did you check out the movie, just on a completely different tangent? I haven't seen it yet. No, I, I, I think it's going on one of the streaming services soon. I do want to watch it, to be fair. It's actually really good. I'm glad. I am glad. After all the, the hassle they went through to change Sonic for the fans, I'm glad it actually yeah. came out well. Yeah, that I probably should have supported him yeah. by, by seeing it. But <laughs> Yeah, usually video game to movie conversions aren't very successful. So uh, I'm glad that they, um, they got Jim Carrey in, obviously, as Dr. I, I think... Yeah, that's what sold it for me, honestly. Yeah. Like Jim Curry was a staple of films growing up, sort of thing. So like having him involved made me think, hmm. Yeah, I definitely recommend watching it. There's obviously gonna be a sequel. I won't say anything about it specifically, but um No, okay. No, I will definitely check it out at some point. I think it, it's gotta be coming to one of the streaming things soon and I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. There's just so much media to ingest at the moment, it's kinda <laughs> It's amazing considering it's been locked down that there's still stuff out there and keeping my interest and keeping everyone's interest, I guess. No, absolutely. But, yeah. I know what you mean. So just off the back of that, what's your uh, what's your current favourite game of all time? I mean, it's it's always been um, Final Fantasy VII, honestly. I love that game. absolutely love that game. I played yeah. a lot of strategy games growing up as well. It's probably strategy and RPGs are my favourite. But Final Fantasy VII, yeah. the original, just... Yeah, fantastic. Nice. We played it, man. Or... Yeah, yeah, can't we... argue with that. Awesome game. Oh, you are, you are a fan. Oh yeah, I um, I I remember specifically buying a strategy guide, um, <laughs> to try and get a gold Jacobo. Yes, mate. Yes, it took a while. I don't think I ever did that till I was a gr- sort of grown up playing I it think, again. I think I got a black one, and I was happy with that because yeah, you yeah. just need to get. Knights of the Round Table, didn't you? That was the whole point of it. Yeah, that is the best summit of the game. Yeah. I, I went back about three or four years ago and I did everything. I beat all the weapons, all the super ridiculous hard weapons around the world. Yeah. Little red wiggly thing outside the gold saucer and the underwater yeah. one. And... Yeah, that but... emerald one was a beast underwater. That was ridiculous. Yeah. You had to get a special material just to do it. <laughs> yeah, you needed underwater material, didn't you, to breathe yeah. underwater? Yeah. What a brilliant game. I thought yeah. they did a pretty good job on the remake as well, actually. I don't know if you had a go at I'm that. A bit, I'm a bit torn on the remake because they're kind of releasing it in segments, aren't they? I mean, yeah, but you can understand if you've played it. I'm not sure about the fact that they're doing DLC for it now. That's, that's what's made me go a bit... But actually... Mm as a whole, the Midgar bit was pretty sweet. Yeah. And it was so easy for him to screw it up as well, like, considering it's got such a big fan base. So, yeah, like, I-, I was pretty impressed with it, honestly. Um, yeah, you are trying to recreate one of the biggest influencing games of all time, so... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? 
most people I know who are big fans have all said that they actually did a pretty good job. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. that is to them. Like, I haven't been a fan of most of the Final Fantasies recently, but they got that one pretty spot on. Yeah, 7 and 10 were my go-tos. But 7, 8, 9, 10, all of them. Like, I, I, I think they're all good. 8 and 9, your... kind of, up and down. Who's your favourite 7 character? I mean, it always was back in the day, Vincent, because he was the cool vampire one. Um, I guess it probably still is because I'd already thought of it, although Barrett's pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah. I always like Red 13 as well for some reason. I love Red 13. I think, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. He was just cool. He was, you know. <laughs> Who doesn't like it, having a tiger it, with a flamey tail? Yeah. His origin story was really cool. Yeah. And uh, there's a boss right at the end of Cosmo Canyon, which is a zombie sort of character boss thing. Yeah. And you could just throw a phoenix down at it and it would die. Yeah, there's a few bosses like that in the game. Yeah. You know what you're doing. <laughs> the, um, the hardest I've ever gone on a game was the Materia Keeper in number seven. Because that, that was like a massive blue sort of scorpion. Oh, yeah, I know what you're on about. It's where you learn Trine in, in the yeah. caves after Vincent's yeah. bit. Yeah. I think it's Anaheim or something like that it was called. Nibbleheim, just after that. Nibbleheim, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I really had to, like, I had to train up so hard. And there were these little stickleback creatures that would always suck the life out of you and kill you. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where you're on about. I, I got stuck there as a kid. Yeah. I had to get all of my characters to have the limit breaks ready to take down the materia keeper. And I I don't know about you, but like nowadays, like there's a few games on my PS4. But I feel that if I really tried, I could probably complete them in a couple of days. Yeah. And M I really miss that sense of like, oh my fucking god, I've actually done what I thought was genuinely impossible. Yeah, it feels a bit like that. The like the comparative between games back in the day. Yeah. Like, it was even more so when you took it back to, like, a SNES or a, or a, uh, a Mega Drive or whatever. Like, Ghosts and Ghouls, yeah. where you had to learn how people went and things just to be able to do it. It was like... It was like yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to, like, memorise their movements. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like we it needs a happy middle ground. I did think that the Mega Drive, some of the games were just horrendous. Yeah. I'd have a game as a kid and not be able to get past the first level. Yeah, I felt like that with Rayman a bit. Like, yeah. this game's literally been engineered to be impossible. Yeah. And then you complete a level or an area and you get the move that you can, like, hang off a ledge. And I was like, where the fuck was that two yeah. areas ago? Like, I could have really done with that. <laughs> but, yeah, just... You know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a massive modern gamer, but I do like I loved games back in the day. I like I, I'm more of a kind of when my mates come around, play same screen co-op. I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I think obviously my mates haven't been around in ages, but yeah, that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to when we're uh, when yeah. we're allowed again. Yeah, just chilling out and just sort of being a bit aimless with it, and just sort of picking it up and putting it down. Yeah, it's completely escapism, isn't it? It's complete, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> um, have you played any Dark Souls? This is quite a loaded question. Apologies. I, I haven't played it myself, but I have watched mates play it. It's, it. It would infuriate the hell out of me, but I've seen mates get really fun. Yeah. 
I'm debating getting it because you can do a co-op. You can do an online co-op. So if you are really, really struggling, you can get one of your mates to come online and like give <laughs> you a hand, which feels a bit pathetic. But I think that's the kind of game that you really need that. Yeah, if, if you are going to have it for a game, fair enough. I remember yeah. my, my mate Nate got um, he got the original version from Japan, which was harder than I think. It, I don't know whether it was Dark Souls or Demon Souls, the original one. All right. Yeah. But it was so much harder than when they released it over here. And he would just, like, it took him ages to get to beat the first enemy in the entire game. It was like, he spent, he'd spent, like, an hour and a half and he'd just beaten the first enemy. <laughs> no, I, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's there's a few games, like, I watch quite a lot of YouTube and I watch, like, Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, PewDiePie. And yeah. they... They play games that are like rage quit games. There's one called I Am Bread. Have you played that? No, I've not heard of that one, actually. So, little bit of a spoiler for you, Tom. But the game's called I Am Bread because guess what? You're yeah. a character that's a piece of bread. <laughs> Your objective is to get from one side of the kitchen to the other and toast yourself. <laughs> that's a weird objective. Like... It's, a, it's a fucking weird game. Uh, <laughs> if you play it on the PS4... All of the um, trigger buttons, like L1, L2, R1, R2, are your um, controls. <laughs> oh, God. It's a proper, like, oh, my God, I just want to go forward kind of game. Yeah. Um, is it Octodad is a similar one where you've yeah. got to try and control the limbs individually? I think but... it was made by the same developers as that. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit of a mind screw, aren't they? <laughs> I think it should come with a controller or some sort of controller insurance. <laughs> you are just going to launch it at some point oh, you just reminded me of track and field back in the day on an Amstrad I broke about three joysticks because you just had to move from side to side as quickly as possible yeah that's not from rage quitting though that's literally from like <laughs> use of everything in your body basically yeah exactly <laughs> literally three joysticks brilliant yeah Jesus oh uh. On, on the thing of games, um, my, my mate Nate, once again, he's actually releasing a, a, a game coming up soon. I thought I'd just pimp it while I'm here. Uh, right, Chasing yeah. Static. It's like a horror, like, sort of a dark horror game with sort of adventure feels where you go around um, sort yeah. of listening to echoes via this device. It's, it's in PS2 style graphics. It's getting some really good reviews recently, like. He's been the, the third biggest YouTuber's been going on, like talking about it for 20 minutes and stuff. So, oh wow, send me a link to that. I'm really interested in that. Yeah, I'll do it for sure. And um, I, I also recorded a couple of little back invoices for it as well, which is fun. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I... chasing static. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my dreams is to create a game, especially a horror game, because I am shit at horror games and I genuinely <laughs> don't know how YouTubers do it. Like, if I did a YouTube video and it was me playing, like, Amnesia, The Dark Descent or Slender Man or Silent Hill, <laughs> I would I would literally get about two minutes in. I'd see a character like Pyramid Head and I'd be like, no, guys, sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> I'd be so pathetic. But... I was just imagining you being, like, the Blair Witch Project at the side while yeah. showing the game photo. No. <laughs> I get really sort of into it to the point where i think that it's like in the house with me yeah um, but that's when you know it's a good game when you're that into it like yeah 
There's... Yeah, there's um there's a game that Jack Septico is playing at the moment. I might as well add this in now. I was going to mention this a bit later on. That might and be it's called, it's called At Dead of Night. Mm. And it's like you're in a hotel and there's this really demented sort of human that's obviously not had a lot of... He's probably been through COVID, to be fair. He's not had a lot of social interaction. <laughs> it's called Jimmy. And you can get like a spirit box... And you can ask like his friends questions as to like how he got to the way he is and stuff. That sounds but, really good. That sort of jump scary sort of you go into a hotel room, you find a key to another room, you go into that room and there's like some sort of like trapped memory in that room and there's like a teddy bear on fire on the bed. And it's just <laughs> like, nah, I can't can't handle that. I get it. It sounds both great and kind of yeah. not not fun to play, but also brilliant. <laughs> I just love games that have like really good sound. Yeah. That's so important and really good level design because I think that's really underappreciated until it's crap and then everyone starts moaning about it. I completely agree. Like for, for me honestly that kind of stuff builds the atmosphere more than the graphics, more than yeah. Yeah. Making everything look shiny as hell if it's super atmospheric. Yeah. Um then that, that is that is <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think sometimes the scariest part is not seeing the enemy. Yeah, that's totally it. It's the same in all the films. Like, yeah, that's why I thought that Alien One was was scarier. Like Alien, yeah. the original one, I think is brilliant because you just don't see it for most of it. And the other ones yeah. are fun and everything because they're kind of all actually. But yeah, the threat isn't quite there the same way. No, I get that. I, I agree. Hmm. Um, so. I wanted to ask you about your involvement with Iverfest, if that's all right. Obviously, Marcus on his podcast mentioned that he was like a sort of founding member of the charity and he said that he'd keep the studio open and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. I just want to sort of get your side of that, if that's all right, if you're happy to talk about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, so Iver was super close with, with all of us when, when I joined. He'd been sort of mates with all of Downfall originally. Um, for, yeah. for years and he, he was sort of involved in running and making the studio and all that kind of stuff uh, he actually came he, I remember he, he went on a trip with us to Italy when we played at a gig out there with Gianluca and he actually drove all all he drove for like 12 hours we, we made it from Italy to, to sort of uh, Calais in one one sitting pretty much we, we stopped just short of Calais to get a few hours get so, but oh. Ivor was was such a fun fun guy, um, yeah. And he he was sort of he was really into helping everyone in the music scene around Bridgewater. I mean, I, I'm I'm a bit further away, so I didn't see I didn't see a lot of um, the stuff that he did back in the day, really. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was I'd probably known him for maybe three four years when. Sadly, he got leukemia and you know, yeah, passed and everything. Um, yeah, but yeah, we we did we we did raise a fair bit of money at um, Iverfest for for the the hospitals that that treated him. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to say. It was um, it was a really yeah. sad time. It was it was kind of it was kind of hard going through all that. Um, because, especially because Marcus is almost the band leader, and it really hit him super hard. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. just a really tough couple of years for all of us to sort of deal with everything, really. And like, obviously, yeah. 
Yeah, Ivor was just a big part of the scene and a big part of the studio and a big part of all of like like all of Genesis really because he was involved with everything. The first um, album I remember, um, Divine Self Invention. I remember um, Marcus and Ivor and we we used to stay there at the studio till stupid o'clock and I think we needed to get the final mixes done. And we stayed up till something like four or five in the morning and Ivor and Marcus were just sort of taking it in turns to try and do stuff and to try and set things down. And we were putting in little yeah. synth tracks on a keyboard and it was <laughs> proper sleep deprivation. But yeah. Kinda, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. Just on that, I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. I love the whole, like, we're all in this together kind of mission of, like, you know, I've gone to work quite a few times in the middle of the night to upgrade like a server or to this is like past jobs in another life sort of thing yeah sure Um, to upgrade like a clinical system you know outside of core hours and that sort of stuff and i love it when there's like a team of people that are like there literally just for that purpose and you've got like a war room and i think like that's the one thing i really miss about being in a band is recording and just that whole like Oh, you you could have probably played that verse drum beat a tiny bit better, so we're gonna go again. Yeah, and the drummer jumping straight on the kit and doing it and not taking it personally that it wasn't very good and trying to sort of strive for that better take because yeah. he knows it exists. He just needs to keep going, sort of thing. Sure, I do. And yeah. I do think you can't take it personally with that kind of stuff. Like, no, yeah, you're just in it to get the best result. It doesn't really matter. But I know what you mean. You get that kind of team building. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Built through battle kind of thing when you've gone through through an experience together. It does bring you closer. Yeah. Definitely. Are you still doing music yourself? No, I'm not. No. Oh, um got a kid. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just it's not on my priorities. I've still got a few bases upstairs. Yeah. Um I didn't take my amp with me when I moved house, so I'd have to get another amp. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, you can always get the little things yeah. that go through headphones because obviously, like, I've got mates yeah. who've got kids and stuff, and quite often you can't make loud noises too much around them. Yeah. They just get screamed at by the kids all the time. So, but yeah, it's just the fun of it. I think even if you're not yeah. doing anything serious, I'd, I'd have to do music even if it wasn't. Yeah, to try and get anywhere. I've, I've always been very functional with music. Like, I don't usually find myself twiddling along to stuff. I find myself sort of if I'm a bass teacher for example I'll play bass to learn that song and then to teach it to my students if I'm in a band I'll learn the set or I'll write a song for that band that is. I've always been very sort of utilitarian about the tools that I have like I can jam to like backing tracks and stuff and all that sort of you know jazz and everything like that but um yeah, I've always been very sort of. I've always been focused on running the band more so than playing. Yeah, it does get a bit. Yeah, lines get blurred yeah. when you go a bit like that. But yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I don't know. I I, yeah. I I kind of go into that mode sometimes when you need to. But I I've got to be honest. Just just there's nothing like just jamming with a mate. Just yeah, I don't know, or a group of mates. Yeah. Me and my mate Jim used to get together and do some guitar stuff. Um, and then we formed our first band as it rose and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I do pick it up now and then. 
sometimes it's to move it from one room to another <laughs> and then I can't stay back downstairs. But yeah. You got I'm slap sure on the bass on the way. <laughs> the little quick cheeky slap and then it's straight back down again. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I think um I think I need to get some new strings on it and then I'll feel a bit more sort of inspired to play it and it will be a bit sort of uh bit more resonant with me. Yeah, I know. They're currently, they're currently knackered, so they need restringing. Yeah, I, but yeah, I went on a bit of mission to try and get my guitars actually working because I realised that I've got four guitar stands. Or I, I don't anymore. I've got four guitar stands in my living room, and three of the guitars on there had no strings on them or were unplayable or whatever. Um, yeah. And I got a luthier mate, and now I've only got one left, and I want that done really, really well because that's my granddad's guitar. So oh, right, okay. I've made it a bit of a mission to try and make my guitars playable. So if, like in the future, when people come around, they could just pick up a guitar and it'll actually have strings on and actually work. Nice. Yeah. Little things. Yeah, it's the little things, isn't it? Brilliant. Well, we're just going to go to another quick break. Alrighty. And uh, I'm going to quickly ask you about YouTube and the online community. And if you've uh, been hammering stuff that you've been meaning to watch for ages during lockdown. <laughs> Okie dokie, mate. And then... We're going to ask the number one question that is the only reason anyone tunes into any of this, which is what is your favourite meal deal? Ooh. So okay. stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Yes, indeed. Hey, guys, just a quick ad read. Ocean Bottle. I recently reached out to this company as I thought their mission statement and attitude were absolutely fantastic. Support livelihoods, stop ocean plastic. These award-winning bottles come in a range of colours, including ocean blue, forest green, obsidian black and sun orange. Each bottle that is bought means the equivalent of 1,000 plastic bottles kept out of the ocean in places where plastic pollution is actually at its worst. These are 100% dishwasher safe and contained double walled vacuum seals and are made from insulated stainless steel. They keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. Join the award winning team and get your own at www.oceanbottle.co. The current discount code I have access to is on my Instagram page, so please check out the Absolute Bedlam Podcast Instagram page on there to see the most recent one. Thanks to Ocean Bottle for allowing me to spread the good word of environmental sustainability. I cannot wait to get my own Ocean Blue one soon with my podcast logo front and centre. Anyway, back to the episode. Hello. Aha. <laughs> so, YouTube. Yeah. I don't really ask this very often, but um, I'm intrigued. Obviously, everyone's been sort of staying at home and chilling out. Quite a lot of people I know have been making their own YouTube channels. Um, and I just wanted to know, Tom, if uh, there was anyone that you were interested in, anyone if you wanted to sort of shine a light on or anything like that. I'm really bad at social media and I'm, I'm worse than I should be. And like the YouTube thing, I keep meaning to make one myself but I want yeah. the quality to be there when I make it. But honestly, I, I, I'm just not down with YouTube very well, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do use it from time to time, and I watch a couple of little shows on it. But um, yeah, no, honestly, mate, I, don't, I know it's rubbish, but I just, I just don't really engage with YouTube as, well, as much as I should do, for sure. Do you use YouTube to, like, 
find out how to do stuff. Yeah, like definitely from yeah. from for little bits and pieces. Like I don't know what yeah. my wiper blades needed changing or whatever, and I had yes. no idea how to do it. And then it was the most simple thing in the world once you watched a two second YouTube video. But yeah, I, I, I love all of those um like clickbait things of like you know how to change your spark plugs on your car, and it's like a forty minute video. And it's like, <laughs> he's trying to like promote his garage for like 25 minutes. <laughs> like, give me the fucking information and then I'm going to move on with my day sort of thing. Yeah, sure. No, I, 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 I don't get it. I'm, I'm like, skip. Skip. Oh, he's talking about the thing that I want to uh, Yeah, I actually yeah. came on here for. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I find it is a great utility for that kind of thing. Although I don't use it for music. Like I've got a lot of mates who use it to learn learn scales yeah. or learn stuff like that I'm, I'm i'm just i'm much more yeah. of a pick up and play kind of guy I, I, I don't really know anything about music i just play it yeah no fair but enough there's some great stuff on there and I, I do go down youtube rabbit holes occasionally but it's mostly when mates have suggested things and then it just sort of keeps the ball rolling if you get on a zoom call for instance and people start yeah. throwing in their favorite links here and there and yeah yeah i think i first started using YouTube because of all the conspiracies and like 9-11 and then I realised that there's actually quite a lot on this website that I can sort of benefit from and then I started getting sucked into all of the creators and sort of um, I've got quite a lot of sort of viewership loyalty with a lot of the people on YouTube so I'll you know turn the notifications on every time they upload and uh, sometimes that's gone to my demise a bit because I've uh, stopped what I'm doing to watch their video, which has been out for like 32 seconds. <laughs> and it's like, Ben, this can wait until the morning, mate. What are you trying to do? Like, you know, It's two in the morning. Go to bed, yeah. mate. <laughs> yeah. It'll be there in the morning. It's not going to go. <laughs> no, I must be the first to see it. <laughs> yeah. There's people like that that comment on it straight away, like, first... So you haven't even had time to watch it. Come on, mate. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's a half-hour video. You've commented two minutes into it being alive. <laughs> yeah, it could be rubbish, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I do find you... I don't know, you can just get stuck. I'm, I'm trying to, like, avoid going down little rabbit holes like that. Obviously, we all time waste yeah. from bits and bobs, but... Yeah. I especially try to avoid sort of scrolling Facebook these days. Yeah. I think no, it was I after it. after seeing the social dilemma as well. It was a proper eye opener, and I was like, Ugh. "Yeah, that was bad." Um, yeah, that was a really like popular thing on Netflix. I think at the moment there's something called Sea Spiracy. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. A couple of my mates I have been telling me to watch that. But before that, it was Cowspiracy, and before that, it was <laughs> the Haunting of Hotel Cecil, or whatever it was called. Oh, no, then it was. Then it was Game Changers, which was about becoming like a vegan athlete and how much of a benefit it is for you. The um the yeah. Hotel Cecil thing's really good, actually. It's not very scary. It's more of a murder mystery. And obviously people go mental for that sort of stuff, don't they? They want to yeah. like find out the reason behind. But yeah, it's hard to talk about that without going into specifics, so I won't spoil it. No, sure. I get you. There's that a very, was... very freaky scene with... Uh, girl in a lift which really freaked me out to the point where i was just like what the hell am i watching it's worth it's worth checking out it's only like a six-part season thing okay yeah i'll, I'll keep an eye out for that for sure yeah um, one of them things that keeps coming back into your mind later you're like oh, think about that yeah they, <laughs> they explain it um 
yeah, it's hard to explain without sort of going into details. But um, I'd be interested to see what your your thoughts are on that. Yeah, sure. You strike me as quite a logical person. But I um, I am a little bit. I've got well, I've got yeah, yeah. I am mostly a logical person. I did an IT course and stuff, but yeah. All right. Nice. Whilst we're talking about uh, scary stuff, do you yeah. believe in the paranormal? Once again, it's the logic thing. I'd love to believe in the paranormal. It really interests me, but my logic sensor goes. I just, I just can't get past it. Yeah. I, I it's just, I'll, I'll go through and work out any kind of reason that it could be other than that. Although there have been things that sort of do make me think, hmm, that's interesting. Like, yeah, I love all the paranormal or like alien things and all the all that kind of interesting stuff. But at the same time, I just I find it really hard to to actually commit or believe it. Yeah, um, I think uh, listening to like quite a lot of podcasts myself, I find that a lot of people say the same thing about this question, which is. Why does it always happen to the people that believe in it? Yeah. You know, if you are genuinely a stubborn person and you don't believe in ghosts, then you probably won't even get an experience. I think but, you just you just kind yeah. of explain your way out of it. Yeah. A lot of people say they're really open to it, but I think um, seeing is believing, seeing is king, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Like, to be honest, if I had, like, a major experience that I couldn't explain by anything else, then fair dues. And I have yeah. heard people on podcasts talk about it, and you think, this guy sounds really logical, and it's, like, interesting that he's suddenly gone, I've had this experience. Yeah. But without having it firsthand, it's really hard to sort of delve into it. Yeah, people get quite emotional as well, don't they? Because, like, it's something that they've experienced. Yeah, sure. So it's... You're not going to downplay what I saw. You weren't there, sort of thing, you know. Yeah, there was an but, yeah. alien thing I saw. Um, and it was this really intelligent doctor bloke who was saying that he'd been to Area 51 and all this kind of stuff. And he was explaining yeah. how they took apart the, 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 the sort of UFO and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it sort of got me thinking, this guy seems really switched on. Like, it's really, like, mostly you see sort of the hicks that are probably on crystal meth or something going like yeah. i saw this thing and you're like yeah sure you did but yeah 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 it's now it used to be like like you say a redneck in texas that was going out with his sister but now it genuinely seems to be like the cia coming out with stuff yeah and it does make you think but once again i just find it so hard when you think of the logic of the fact that the universe is billions of years old and it's billions of light years away where like the nearest planet that they could possibly exist on a billion year, light years away. And we've yeah. only been on this planet for such a limited amount of time that the, the likelihood of the coincidence of both us and some aliens living at the same time period just seems unlikely. Yeah, I think um, if this ever goes to a sort of proper in-studio format, I think I might actually dedicate a couple of episodes to talking about this. Yeah, it's, 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 it really interests me. It really does. But Yeah. It's know. only interesting if you've got the right people in the room, though, I feel. Because there's a lot of people that are on the fence of it. They're like, yeah, it could happen. And I'm like, that's not a very, <laughs> that's not a very riveting conversation, is it? Maybe. <laughs> You're just like, oh, come on. Give me a bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, I just asked you the universe's ultimate question. And you've got, oh, I'm not really sure, to be honest. 42? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was something else I was going to ask you in the absence of the YouTube uh, question. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's, don't worry about it. I think it was your top three albums. That's quite an ask. It's so difficult. There's loads of albums that I really love. I can list a load of albums I love, but yeah, say putting it down to a top three, like yeah, games is pretty much the only subject that that you can ask me, and I'll be like that. Yeah, I find it so difficult because because of the genre thing as well. I love so many different genres, and I listen to different genres and different moods. So to say that this album's better than that album when they're completely incomparable, it's so difficult. If um if you are not happy with that as a question, then hey, sorry. No, you're and good. What what are you currently listening to? We could do that instead. I can't stop listening to Devon Townsend's Empath album. Yeah, I, that's I, awesome. I think it's a complete masterpiece. Um yeah, I agree. So it was that and um the ones that hit me recently are that uh Language by the Contortionist. I love that album. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Right. Start to finish is just it's got a real ebb and flow about it, which is also one of their songs, I think. But I need to check that out. Yeah, it's great. It's like really, it's like metal, but it's kind of chill at the same time. I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's kind of, it flows and it's, yeah. Mm. Um, I really love that. Um, what else have I been listening to? I mostly end up playing music um, rather than, than yeah. listening to it a lot, honestly. But, um... Yeah. Oh. I honestly can't think, mate. I'm really sorry. That's all right. um, What's your favourite Devin Townsend album? I mean, it's probably that, honestly, now. Um, There's there's odd songs off his other albums I like. Um, I love... Oh, Eyes, what's it called? (gasps) He did a music video where he was like every character. He was on like this crazy train and it was brilliant. I I love that song. Um, But... The, as far as an album is concerned, uh, the Empath album is just constructed so well, and I love the genre yeah. switches. I love the just. Oh, this one's like Disney. Yeah. This one's an opera. This one's death metal. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a folk song. Like it's, it's so good. That's that's what I'm all about. Like, yeah, just just. I think um, the train music video is potentially Jula. Yes, yes. I, yeah. All I was getting was Koch eyes coming in my head, but that's pretty old audio yeah. slave, and I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. get past it. Yeah, they're that's... on top of scaffolding for that, not on a train. Yes, yes, they are <laughs> with the fireworks going off. Yeah. Oh, mate, Chris Cornell, rest in peace. Oh, mate. Was... Yeah, he was one of the ones that hit me really hard, actually. It was like yeah, year. same. Him it... and Rick Mayall was Him a similar. Year. Sorry, who? Him and Chester Bennington really fucked me up. Yeah, they were really close together as well, weren't they? Yeah. There was a whole like conspiracy about them getting killed. But they were mates as well, weren't they? I think there's lots yeah. of people who were sort of, yeah, yeah. There's a very um, intertwined sequence of events that we'll probably never get to the bottom of. I, I find it hard to think that that they were. I, I mean, I don't, I don't. What was the conspiracy about before I kind of try and? Yeah, so it's a bit dodgy to be honest. There was um, apparently some really like corrupt people that were committing various crimes to do with children. And uh, Chris and Chester wanted to call them out. And then they were silenced by someone. But I don't know how legit that is. And uh, Mike Shinoda. I absolutely love Mike Shinoda. I don't think I've really mentioned him on this before. Hmm. Um, And he came out and said, no, like, come on. 
like let's not continue this you know he did what he did obviously Chris did what he did I don't really no. know exactly what it was and obviously Chester Bennington's toxicology reports came back and he had all sorts of substances in his system and yeah. you know so he's got to draw a line in the sand and be like no come on let's let's put this story down and um, you know let's carry on yeah I find it hard to think that that was entirely the reason because I mean they've both been interviewed talking about depression yeah. and talking about that kind of stuff before I think I think yeah. what's weird is Chris was talking about was it that way around was Chris talking about Chester at one point because I, I think I, so. I think he was after Chester yeah um I think it was like that they All actually right. had an interview with him it's weird um, yeah. I, I, I saw um we did we, the whole crowd sang like a stone with um was it oh was yeah it prophets for rage at the uh prophets of rage yeah that's right uh and the, the whole crowd sang that at download that was a weird experience it was kind of cool yeah there's but, no vocals on the stage it was just the crowd but yeah that was that was pretty eerie when i was there for that um that was um one of the first songs i ever learned the guitar solo for it was one of the first songs i learned on guitar weirdly like like just Especially yeah. with like plinky plinkies. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I loved Audio Slave. I loved um, Stone, not Stone Temple Pilots. That's the wrong one. Um, Temple of the Dog. Yeah. I I, um, I thought everything yeah. Chris Cornell did was just gold. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just. Awesome. Yeah. No, it was really sad for them. Like. The, Soundgarden. Yeah. 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 Soundgarden, fantastic. Audio Slave, great. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting all upset. Oh, mate. <laughs> but yeah, Devin Townsend. Um, I think my favourite album he's done is Ocean Machine. Mm, okay. I love Strapping Young Lad. It took me quite a long time to understand Strapping Young Lad. Yeah, me too, really. I got compared to him a lot, and I was like... Eh. Yeah. But yeah. Shout out to Devin Townsend. He's done his own podcast. I don't know if you've checked it out. I haven't. I need to. I, I, it's literally called Devin Townsend Podcast, and every episode's about an album. And great. it's about like where his head was at that point. Sure. And it's really, really good. And it's just him talking with like a little bit of an instrumental backing track in the background. But like everything he says, he says for a reason. He doesn't say it to please people. He's like, Oh, we went to Japan and I started recording Alien and uh I bought a car on a lease and uh, we had to sell it because I was too busy buying cocaine with what I should have paid back the car with. <laughs> and you could just tell that he like, you know, he's not bullshit. No, he's honestly. like 100% genuine and sort of, you know, I wanted to be a complete control freak for Strapping Young Lad and I wanted to write all of it myself. I didn't want anyone else to like participate in any of it. And obviously he's a completely different person now. Yeah. Awesome, awesome artist. I definitely recommend him to anyone. Yeah. I mean, what I love about him is his honesty and everything he does. Like, when I saw him, like, he just, he doesn't try and do the bullshit stuff. He's just, like, talks to the crowd, like, can everybody do a cheesy clap? And then he's like, hug the person next to you. I know it's awkward. We're all awkward here. We're all, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's not, there's no fake bravado about it. It's just like, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Having fun, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, it's meant to be fun. 
I just really respect it. Like, it, I, I, I think there are, there are a lot of times when I see bands and there's like, it all feels a bit. I don't know what's the word? Just, just not. Yeah. I want to say produced, but that's not it. But like, like everything's like set exactly how it's supposed to be, and he's just not like that. He's just, yeah. he's like the antidote to that. And um, yeah, it's like um choreographed and fabricated and sort of yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I know what you mean. Or, or like, there's a lot of sort of just crowd baiting and things like that. And his kind of crowd baiting is is just hilarious and honest, which is brilliant. Not like everybody do this now. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Have you watched um, Live at the Roundhouse where they did like a sort of Ziltoid musical? Have you seen that? Don't think I have. Mate. No. A lot of the um, songs are kind of jimmied into this like narrative of like how Zeltoid was feeling at the time, and they do like war and Steve Vai narrates oh. it. Really cool. Because he <laughs> and um, go on, sorry. Sorry, I think he used to work with Steve Vai, didn't he? Back when like we started he out, that he was, was just... like like how could he start out working with Steve Vai? Yeah. Like it's amazing. Like... Yeah was the singer and he looked a bit demented and he did uh still my bleeding heart which i think was on letterman yeah but yeah i don't know how you managed to wing your way into steve vai's world no especially with like oh this is the first thing i'm gonna do it's with steve vai <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay <laughs> it's yeah. amazing yeah i could go on for hours about steve vai joe satriani paul gilbert and all that sort of stuff but i will digress but um yeah ocean machine's an awesome album um kingdom also as well is a really good sort of introduction to his stuff it's kind of ethereal and epic sounding yeah, i mean a lot but, of yeah. the stuff is that yeah that that's a good description of most of the stuff he does really yeah but it all sounds so big and so like orchestral and yeah structured oh, I mean, but yeah when he's playing live he seems to actually enjoy it which is cool to sort of yeah you know, that's the best bit he's just enjoying what he does yeah, it was hilarious. Elliot got this. He had this thing where he signed up to a, a some sort of service, and they essentially sent you all of the separate tracks yeah. for, that he uses um, on some of the songs on Empath. All right, and so you yeah. could like separate and solo out individual things, and the amount of layers in there is hilarious. Yeah, he's got his own Debbie yeah. Debbie choir, so he makes a choir out of his own voice, and he has a choir. There's like two drummers. Yeah. There's like the synths in there that yeah. he never knew existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, There's actually a really funny interview I watched on YouTube because he describes his wall of sound. Um, and he got endorsed by PV at one point. And um, he said to PV, can I make a signature guitar with you guys? Like, I know, obviously, you've got the resources to do it and it would be quite cool. And they were like, right, first things first, you know, we want you to release like a seven string guitar like as a sort of um, homage to strapping and, you know, all your latest stuff. Then we'll do you a proper bespoke guitar that I think he eventually went to frame us and he got the mm. Empath guitar, if you've seen it. It's like Rainbow. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, no. I'll send you a link to it in a bit. Yeah, do but, it. Um, he, did like a, he did like a guitar clinic. And um, I remember when he parted ways with PV, he realised how much gear he had. And it was like two spare rooms worth of gear that he just got given. And he was like, look, I'm I'm a free agent now. I can kind of go with whoever I want for anything. And he went to like EMG and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, is there any chance I could sell this gear? 
and PV were like, no, absolutely not. Like, he's like, I need to pay you rent. Like, I mean, how, how can he not sell that game? Yeah. It's his. I don't understand how he could not sell yeah. it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was like loaned to him oh, to like, literally make that music. Fair enough if it was a loan. But yeah, I just love his honesty, like you say, of just like, guys, I've got to pay rent. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's I'm happy to take room. stuff off your hands. Like, yeah. Yeah, but that's it. That's that's that is the one thing I love is the honesty, which is a total antidote to what we see. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much mystery. I'd love to have a chat. chat with Devi. Yeah, like he's it. super like conscious as well, and he never thinks that he's like good enough and sort of he's always checking his like back catalogue and sort of uh. He's kind of embarrassed by some of the stuff he's released in the past, but obviously he was in a different mind frame back then. Yes, so I mean, know, these things happen. I think we all have that to a certain degree. You know, if you go back to yeah. when you first started playing music, you'd be—I don't know. Yeah, but but I love that he's happy to admit that when he's got reached that level. You know, yeah, because a lot of people once they've reached that level, it's just like yeah, god complex like, yeah. kicks in or whatever. No, I know what you mean. So yeah, check out Devin Townsend, check out his podcast. Yeah. And I'll I'll send you a link to his um cool little empath guitar that he made. Sounds badass. In a bit. Yeah, it's really I cool actually. Anyway. Side. So um we're gonna end on the global phenomenon that is Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I ask a random person what their favorite sandwich is. <laughs> Woo! So Tom Harris, what is your go to meal deal? So I've been a veggie for a couple of years now, so it has changed somewhat. Um, yeah. I've got to think now because of that. I haven't really, I've, I've kind of strayed away. I always used to like a chicken and stuffing. That would probably be what I went for. But obviously, I haven't had that in years. Um, it's going to be really boring, like a cheese salad sandwich now, to be honest. I, 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 it's just It just sounds incredibly boring, but I, I am a massive cheese fan. Yeah, and I like me some salad. Are you talking the whole Fair meal enough. deal, or just just the salad? Yeah, all right, all for it. Yeah, so some paprika max crisps. Nice, I reckon, nice, and some coconut water, and that's 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 me sorted. I know my sandwich is a bit boring now, but okay. it's never a good episode when um the highlight is the crisps. <laughs> I do apologise. I, I think that highlights Sorry. the coconut water, personally. But that's just my weird yeah, obsession with coconut water. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm disappointed, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh. This, is what, this is what makes the episode. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I ask that is because I think it kind of humanises the person that we're talking to and it gives us some sort of relatability. Yeah. <laughs> the variety of the the meal deal because there's so many different combinations yeah sure and uh, what i would pick would be you know not what you pick what, and what would what, what's your one yeah. you've probably told people on this okay. podcast many times but yeah that's fine i don't actually get asked very often a lot of people are like can i go now <laughs> <laughs> so mine is chicken bacon lettuce nice clb um Paprika Max, Ooh, shout out. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. If they're not there, which happens quite a lot during this pandemic where people just fucking buy everything ever. Yeah. Um, 
we go for blue Doritos or we go for Sensations Sweet Chili. Mm. I'd be a uh, cheese and onion and... McCoy man, but that's my second choice, I reckon. Well, I've got a whole thing about cheese and onion, mate. I OD'd as a kid. <laughs> it's not this. It's not a joke, honestly. I I ate cheese and onion to the point where I actually can't even look at them now, and the the uh, sniff makes me gag. I, I understand, mate. I did it with tomatoes. Yeah. I, I stole a bunch of tomatoes off my dad's plants out in the garden, and for years I couldn't yeah. eat them. <laughs> uh, drink wise, this is the wild card. Um, I usually go for a white monster if I feel like I'm driving a lot. Yeah, fair is. Um, I can go Pepsi Max Cherry. Yeah. I can go Orange Lucasade. Oh, I do like an Orange Lucasade before gig. That's my that's my pre-gig. Yeah. That's that's the one I go for. Or Mountain Dew is my second choice for like a pre-gig energy yeah. thing. I have started drinking quite a lot of Rubicon lately. I don't even know what that is. What's Rubicon? It's like Ribena. Oh, nice. Kind of. It's got quite a lot of flavour in it. And I've recently been quite a big fan of Purdy's, which is like a sort of metal glass bottle. And it's like a natural energy drink. Oh, yeah, I have, I have seen that. Is it like gingery? Yeah. Has it got like... Yeah, it's like a sort of mini urn that it's yeah. in. Um, and I like the fact that, you know, resealable. That's my... yeah. I'm a very functional person. I don't like the idea of opening a can of Coke and then realising that I have to then carry that can of Coke around. Yeah, I know your feels there. I'm, I'm very much like that. Yeah. Oh, mate, it feels like I would, yeah, you're on the same level as me in a lot of ways, that kind of thing. I would quite happily pay an extra 30p for my monster to be resealable. Yeah. I'd also I want it to be why. recyclable because I'm pretty big on the eco thing nowadays as well. So, like, Ah, so I can send you a link to Ocean Bottle then. Yeah. I thought I nice. actually heard you advertise well, them on the uh that Marcus yeah. is one of yeah. Yeah. Good times. They're actually really good. Like genuinely, I'm not even like saying that just to like get a sale. No, sure. Because yeah, they are actually really cool. No, I'll have to get the myself. quality of them is really decent. Yeah, I've only got a standard bottle. I, I should probably get myself a better one, especially for gigging and stuff when we get back into being allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. Well, I hope that's uh been fun for you. Yes, mate. It's been, it's great. been fun. But yeah, cheers for connecting, and hopefully I'll uh speak to you again yeah, soon. It's been real good, mate. It's been really nice. Just happy chatting. But yeah, whilst uh whilst we're on the way out, is there anything that you wanted to say, or is there anything you want to ask me, or uh, cool. anything like that? Put me on the spot there. Um, always. <laughs> no, not particularly. Really, just just. Yeah, keep, keep an eye peeled. Check out my mate's game, Chasing Static, because he's worked really hard on it. Keep an eye on Kinesis. Yeah. Add Funkin' Hell if you can. Um, <laughs> Is Funkin' Hell on Facebook yeah, we, or anything? We're like? on there now, yeah. We've just started. Um, okay. We've got a four-track EP of just stuff that we've put out there. We've not really advertised it very much. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. tracks from lockdown, really. Um, yeah, yeah and keep an eye on the Kinesis thing for our upcoming release, which I'm not allowed to tell you the name of or much about at all. It's only to be <laughs> told you vague, you. vague but informative was what I got told to say to, to be about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Area 51 type stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, Tom, I'll leave you there, mate. Happy and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, man. Take it easy, mate. Okay. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening.
hope you enjoyed that episode guys um i'm just doing this as a pre-recorded segment because i always forget please consider subscribing for weekly uploads um sometimes i do two in one week so yeah please do uh consider sharing this with your friends and telling everyone that you know and yeah i'll see you in the next one cheers <laughs>